0: And we're back. No, actually, we haven't been anywhere, have we?
1: I actually almost want to say we are joined this morning by Captain Jimmy Blee, who has become our Asia Pacific correspondent. <laughs> Hi, welcome good back, morning.
2: Jimmy. Good morning. Good to see you both. I, I, I can, can I, I can say good to see you on the radio, but uh, I am through the power of through the power of uh, technology seeing you. As well as hearing you, but great to see you you're both looking well.
0: We live yeah. in wonderful times. You could be around the corner, Jimmy. Uh, I wish you were. I wish we were in Bali, just around the corner from you. <laughs> where where well, are you?
2: One day.
0: Where, where are you today? You in Cairns? You in Bali? You in, in Papua At the
2: I, uh, I go back up to Bali next week. Uh, we've got. Uh, we've actually got, of all things, Norwegian Discovery Channel. Doing a doing a small segment in the Komodo Islands, which I'm doing the logistics for Ooh. and I'm taking my son and we're going to be going We're going to be spending a night in a village in a in a local village up in the mountains up behind Labuan Bajo on the island of Flores and Then we're going to go to Rinka, which is the second island where the dragons are And spending the night on a boat at anchor there, I'm going to take them snorkeling, and we're going to go and we're just going to go and see bits and pieces. But that's going to be a very interesting little segment. The guy is a comedian going around the world on a budget, uh, highlighting different different aspects of his travels. Which you know, why not? Why
1: not? Individual with with a film crew, with a film crew in tow.
0: It's funny, we, yes. seem, we seem to have a lot in common. We too are going through the world on a very tight budget. Although I don't, <laughs> see, I don't see the comedy in it. I, help me with that, <laughs> yeah,
2: Jimmy. There in lies the comedy, isn't it? The joke's on us.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> and is there uh, So that's going to be interesting. And then,
2: um, you know, we've, uh, in Indonesia in particular, it's, it's what we would consider the high season. It's... Uh, it's Southern Hemisphere winter. We've got southeasterly southeasterly trade winds, which actually keep the skies very clear, very blue, no rain. It's, it's what we'd call the dry season. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's a very good cruising season for surfers and for everybody on what we call the eighth parallel, which is the eight degrees south, which is the line which Java, Bali, uh, Lombok, Sumbawa, Flores, Alor, uh, Timor are all on that are all on that eight degrees south. So uh, with the south with the southeast trades, it's uh, it's blowing onshore uh, to the south, and then offshore to the north, which is all the cruising which is all the cruising grounds, and and that's so. We've, we've got a few boats. So the, the, do these
0: winds help cool it down, or are they like a hairdryer,
2: hot air? they come straight off the Indian Ocean. Okay. Uh, so that's bringing the big swell, which allows the, which is why the surfing is so is so prolific. Uh, and it is, as I say, coming out of the Indian Ocean, so it's cooler. Being winter, you know, obviously everything everything's blowing blowing up off the uh, off the southern off the southern regions. So, you know, for us, cool is, you know, days of 25,
0: 26, oh, as lovely. opposed
2: to, you know, the 31s and 32s of the, of the, the, the wet season.
1: Which makes me smile because I saw a, a weather warning in Ireland that it was going to be up to 24 to 25 degrees. And it was a weather warning because exactly. it was going to be so hot. <laughs>
0: it's all relative.
1: It's all relative.
2: But I have to say, you guys, you guys over in Europe are getting the are getting the. Uh, you know, we always we always keep talking. We always seem to get back to climate change and uh, and that sort of thing. And uh, gee whiz, we uh, you know, you guys are copping it over there.
0: Yeah, uh, we. I think we're on our second heat wave, or we're just finishing our second heat wave. We have got, you know, it's it's even if you go further north, Jimmy, you go up into the Arctic Circle. Um, there are huge amount of um, of fires, bushfires, uh, increasing in thunderstorms, and um, it, the temperature's gone up, you know, it's nothing for you guys, temperature's gone up to mid-20s up there, and um, so it's it's created, and a lot of ice melt as well, which is exposing a lot of the the peat, I don't know if you know the term peat? Yes, uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. yes. Um, and so what's been happening is you get in thunderstorms it's uh, the lightning is igniting fires and the, the peat under the ground is starting to burn um, and it's happening in such remote areas like Siberia and all around that Arctic Circle where the Russian government um, aren't doing anything about it because economically you know, there's no lives to save there's no houses to save really the, it's, it's a wilderness let it burn but the negative is it's chucking out tons and tons of carbon dioxide which has been trapped in the in the peat and the organic uh, matter and uh, which of course is exasperating the situation creating it warmer creating more
2: You're just, just continue, continuing the cycle continuing yeah. the downhill cycle. yeah I saw I, I saw a, a, a documentary as you say I, you know of the ice melt. In Greenland, yeah. Uh, when when we were when we were when we were growing up, Greenland was ice. It's 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 now land. Yeah, that was it's the joke.
0: was the joke was why do they call it green? It's white. Yeah. You know? um, <laughs> exactly. But yeah, up there, it's a green. No, no, it's in Norway. They have the uh, the Doomsday House. You know about the Doomsday Building? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's the. I that was the, Iceland. No, it's uh, northern Norway, I think. And um, the ground under that has started to melt, which has caused the building to basically subside and crack, which has created mold inside it. So all those seeds that i have been saving for the doomsday, uh, they're pretty much rotting.
2: And it's proving prophetic. It's, yeah. <laughs> it's you know. It's it's frightening. It really is. Uh, we always seem to get back onto climate change when we when we're having our chats, and uh, I hope the listeners uh, don't get too tired of it. But uh, but it is it's it's happening in front of our eyes.
0: Yeah, it it, it's it's hard to avoid it, um, and I don't think it should be avoided. You know, but uh, let's let's get back to nicer play. We started off on such a high. Let's get back to Komodo <laughs> Island. <laughs> well,
1: and it's that th- 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 you know. I, sorry, now, and the other question that I have is when you were talking about surfing, because I, I, I have this book for my girls about amazing women in the world, and one of them was a surfer, and it was talking about the amazing surfing that can be found around Indonesia and the competitions that happen and um, and how it's now going to be an Olympic sport next year. And it's just not something I've particularly delved into either. Hmm. Yeah,
2: now with surfing... Surfing to, to within within surface, Indonesia has always been, you know, top top three, top three spots, you know, with the way with the way that the, the world's going these days, more and more exposure. You know, the Indonesian surf industry is growing on a on a yearly year by year basis. Uh, and it is also very, very good because there is a large uh, contingent of Indonesian surfers coming through the ranks and that in itself is a very good thing and you talk about you talk about women it's one of the only uh one of the only sports in Indonesia where women participate virtually as an accepted role you know it's Indonesia being being quite a quite a uh quite a patriarchal uh society you know, a lot of sports certainly. You know, the, the the women's participation is not particularly encouraged. Surfing is one of is one of the few where it is it is. There are there are, there are wonderful Indonesian Indonesian men, and there are wonderful Indonesian surfers who uh, who are being developed as that as that industry grows.
1: Interesting. But certainly,
2: you know, surfing, surfing is a, is a, is a huge. It's becoming more and more part of our industry. With uh, you know, with certainly. You know, super yacht owners being younger and younger these days uh, and, and uh, you know, whether they're from the States or whether they're from Europe, you know, they'll get exposed to surfing at a relatively young age, get hooked on it and bring their boats and, 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 uh, and, and access these places. But
0: so I huge.
1: was going to say it's not just, it's not just the diving and, and, you know, the other amazing experiences. Surfing is actually one of the extra reasons why people are heading there.
2: Surfing is on the surfing as Indonesia as a superyacht destination Is on the up because as I say because of the demographic of owners is getting younger Mm -hmm. uh, You know, it's it's uh, it's a big it's a big thing and you know There's so much access the, the as I was mentioning with the southeast trades you know, you've got the whole coast of Sumatra and then you've got everything, as I was just explaining, on the 8th parallel, which includes, includes the, the, southern, the, southern the southern coast of Java, which includes, which includes the southern coast, southern Lombard, coast of Bawa, and then Sumbaba, which, which is a big surf destination in
0: itself. The Jimmy, we've got, yeah, uh, we, we got some bad audio going on here, audio. so I'm going to go to music for a second, and then we'll come back and we'll fix this. And then we'll come back to. Uh, no problems
1: at all.
2: No problems at all. Oh.
0: Actually. Hold and
1: on. and now as we say that it clears up.
0: And now we say that's all almost. That's yeah, all, that, yeah
2: that, perfect. That, that's
1: it, cool. it knew wow. we were going to switch it off.
0: <laughs> yeah, we are we are talking to you literally around the other side of the world, so yeah, we can excuse little blips like that.
1: Um, can I just say as well, congratulations for your um, home country, as you have Bali has won an award recently.
2: Yes, yeah, it's uh, it's certainly um, uh, you know that that was that was a, that was a wonderful recognition of what's going on. Yeah, it's Bali is such a is such a yin and yang place. You know, it, it's 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 revered in some of these in some of these uh, in some of these magazines and some of the some of the polls and things. And then on the flip side, it's you know it, it gets a bad rap on, on on a lot of occasions. So. Yeah, we take we take the we take the the, so the, the, the for, good with the bad.
1: For those that don't know about it, it was tra- uh, Travel and Leisure magazine uh, nominated Bali as one of the most beautiful islands in the world. But on top of that, it has been nominated to be in the top three for the past ten years, I believe.
2: Yes, and uh, you know, I, again, I'm not sure how they judge that. You know, I'm pretty. You know, with with, with not not wanting to disrespect anything, I'm pretty sure that it, it's based on uh, you know on some of the most beautiful five star hotels you'll ever see there, with their with their locations and their destinations. You know, you, they, again, it's the yin and the yang. You know, you, you know, I, I saw an article the other day where, where where some poor woman got bitten by one of the monkeys up in the monkey forest, and you know, got an infection and blah 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 blah. You know, so you know, there's there's you know there's it it certainly. Mm-hmm. Bali has always been, and you know this, I mean, it's called the island of the gods and the way the people are so wholesome and are so beautiful in in character that makes Bali, mm, you know, there, sure enough there's the geographic, there's the geographic beauty of, of, you know, the big cliffs and the surf and the this and that, but Bali itself as, you know, as, as beauty is mm. uh, I, I, I put it more with the warmth and the and the and just the way that Hindu culture uh, accepts and, and, and lives uh, with with a very very you know wonderful feeling to it. Yeah,
0: the Bali, so, you know, are beautiful people. Uh, can I ask, was it the monkey that got the infection or the lady? <laughs>
1: exactly, exactly, uh,
0: exactly. That was that was one of my um, my mem- my lasting memories of Bali were were just the people there, which just as you say, beautiful. Well, actually, my first memory was the hairstyle. Uh, the taxi man had this hairstyle that looked like a glass with a wine glass with a stem upside down. And I don't know if that's a, a typical Balinese. It was like a
2: reverse bun or something.
0: Yes, it? it was. It, was, it was, uh, Or
1: whether it was a particularly Balinese
0: I think it was fashion about, I'd, in the 80s. I've <laughs> seen some other men with it. That it was very traditional looking. And I just remember just sitting in the back of the taxi coming from the airport, just staring at it, thinking, how do you do that? It was, it was like an upside-down wine glass. It was cool. It was cool. <laughs> um, but do, do you think that's a, it's a positive or negative, this recognition of Bali? Because surely it brings more tourism, and the more tourism you get, um, it tends not to be a positive. On the, more
2: diluted, the, more, the more diluted the culture gets, there's yeah. no doubt about that. You know, there is no doubt about that, and that's and that is again that's 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 a that's a, a trade-off for yeah. the uh, you know for, for the recognition. Yeah. Having said that, a lot of these, a lot of these, uh, a lot of these judges and a lot of the magazine people that will stay will stay in these architecturally beautiful locations, and if the if the architecture and if the infrastructure is self-regulated. That usually a five-star operation you would hope brings to the table Mm -hmm. then that's good you know it's the it's the en masse style uh, budget budget hotels that just you know a lot of outside investment outside of Bali investment comes in puts up a whole bunch of you know hundred dollar hotels and while it's good for everybody you get a get a nice cheap hotel room within a half decent place that's where it starts to get overrun and that's where the infrastructure starts to break down to, to the point where you know one 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 could say if you go if you go too deep into kuda these days or if you go too deep into into Seminyak these days that that's that's very very evident. Yeah, we and a lot of these a lot of these judging panels and a lot of these things are talking about some of the beautiful beautiful locations that are that are spread outside of the main the main centres the main uh, the main tourism centres of Bali.
1: I read recently an article, it was looking at the investment in the, the, I'm just going to say, Asia Pacific Islands, you know, all the way from PNG down to Fiji. And one of the points it was making was the investment now with China coming in and investing in this area where Australia had traditionally been the bigger superpower with investment coming in. Um, have you seen that kind of dichotomy of where the big investment is coming in?
2: Where the money's coming from? Yeah. You know, look, you know, uh, you know. Uh, without getting back into our doomsday scenario, <laughs> the, the Chinese, the Chinese influence through Asia Pacific on on investment is is inf- unfathomable in, in, in volume. You know, if you would look at, in particular, investment. Yeah, we, we, we actually had one of our clients uh, came down to look at land, looking at for a marina, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. You know, it's, it's, it's their serious players all through, uh, I'd go as far as saying all through the world, but but in particular Asia Pacific from where, where we notice it, that they, uh, they are buying very, very large swathes of land uh, whether it be for just land banking or whether it's or whether it's direct development. And that's and that's I mean very noticeable across the board.
1: Although I'm um, it there is also the positive side. There seems to have been an investment in infrastructure, in roads. Um, it would seem that Australia's investment is is more based on um, Grants given without necessarily looking at it as loans, which are higher. The Chinese seem to look at it exactly. more from and loans perspective. Australian,
2: Australian experience is sort of a precursor of where China will be. I guess is that Australia's predominance was within primary industry, trying to encourage the cattle industry, trying to encourage the dairy industry. Uh, you know, building building uh, infrastructure to feed the people. Mm-hmm. And 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 to create exports via the fact that it was you know Indonesia, while still one of the most populated countries in the world, has land available to develop the cattle. You know the cattle to feed them, to, to feed their to feed their people. You know Indonesia is 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 it's its own economy based on its on the number of people that lives there, so that so that its domestic product is an investment in itself, you know, still to this day, you know, from, from, Australia, from an Australian point of view, we grew up eating beef mm. in Indonesia. Beef is still, you know, a steak is still a relative luxury. Uh, you know, it's, it, 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 it's, but it's a sign of the middle class of, of if you can go out to a restaurant and have a steak, You've made it, so to speak, mm. and you know there are state houses going up and all that sort of stuff. So you know the the, the Chinese the Chinese in for investment is is purely on on, on land, uh, land and 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 the subsequent development of that to any to any way or need possible, only because they've really run out of land, and you know whether you know whether their medium term. Uh, you know, goal is world domination through 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 ownership. Uh, you know, will 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 remain to be seen. Really,
0: yeah, well, I think you've got two sides to it. One is the geopolitical side, which is is China trying to own the world and all this kind of thing, and the other side is that they just um, also, like Westerners, want to invest their money and they see that as a future opportunity. And we've seen, yeah, oh, sure, sure. you know, we've seen Chinese money coming into the industry look at campers and nickels but yet they're i don't know what it is about the chinese but when they go into a country it tends to be a positive you know i mean people go to san francisco where do you go to hang out chinatown you go to london you go to chinatown i think chinese are demonized and there's a lot of western governments are like oh the chinese are putting money in the shift of power um I don't think they're so bad. I, I've yet to see something that says, you know what? That's the negative side of China. That's, I, you, I, you look at you look at Russia. Yeah, they've invaded countries. They've done political, um, you know, uh, changing uh, of leadership and and regime change. Um, and there are those countries that do it. The Chinese, you know, okay. There's Taiwan. There's a few places they. They suggest are theirs and not uh, whatever. I I get that. But generally, I don't think they're such a bad
1: group. I I think the skepticism is more behind um, their motivation for investment. To make money. Possibly. But um, And this is just more based on, on looking at the comparisons of Australian investment versus Chinese investment in your particular region. Where the, um, the Australians invested more in things like health, education, infrastructure, really, which isn't necessarily going to benefit them, but they saw it as benefiting the region and therefore bringing the region up.
0: Which benefits them.
1: Which in turn benefits them. Um, um the Chinese investment was more based on loans which would therefore have that area indebted to them and as we know from the African situation, um, paying back it's not even just paying back the debt, it's paying back then the interest on the debt that they didn't realize when they took the loan in the first place.
2: Yeah I have to say that the, the skeptic in me still believes that we haven't seen the overall gameplay. That that yeah, you know, these guys are playing a long game. Yeah, and uh, I, you know, I probably won't even be around for to to, to, to see to oh, see. When don't they say pull, that,
0: Jimmy. Don't say <laughs> that.
2: But they when when they do pull in all their chips. But uh, yeah, I, I, I have to say, I think I, I I you know it's it's there there is certainly the short term goals, but I think there's 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 a greater there's a greater play that's that's going on that uh, one day we'll will will all be you know making
0: movies about uh, you guys are ganging up on me here
1: <laughs> <laughs> on the other hand on the positive side uh, I, also saw, positive. Uh, I also saw I also saw an article which was talking about you read a the, lot don't you I do read she reads a, a lot, tremendous amount now She's in my life <laughs> but it was also talking about the tremendous growth in the, the Australian stroke Asia Pacific uh, super yachts or super yacht industry um and they had a nice little graft, and there was a little line going up. You know, um, overall, the numbers still seem low in comparison to, for example, to the med. But if you do it in comparison to where it was five years ago, um, there has been sure. tremendous. You know, growth.
2: that's probably that's probably you know what keeps me in the business and and excited and energized is that it, it's only on the up. You know, with uh, yeah, we've got the uh, not not that not that many super yachts will come for the Japanese for the World Cup rugby, but it's a it's a it's a big event. It's a big event. Then there's the Japanese, the Olympics in the in in Japan, and then there's the Americas Cup. Yeah. Um, so you know, all of all of that uh, that global sort of energy coming in uh, will certainly. The I, I had a I had a lovely lunch with Martin Redmayne from uh, oh, yeah, the Report uh, <clears throat> when I was in London, and uh, you know he's he's got his migration reports and and, and this that and the next thing, the, uh, the 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 projected you know traffic of boats coming to the Asia Pacific region in the next five years is 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 very exciting. And you know, as we spoke earlier in the year, with the, we we're looking at the facilities they're putting in, in in Auckland and the facilities they're putting in in Australia. All the investment points to the an expectation that there's going to be a, a lot more traffic coming through. So you know that that in itself, you know, certainly, I think from an industry point of view in Asia Pacific, it's it's going to be it's going to be a, a a big a big five years.
0: What about, what about boat building down there? Are you seeing increased orders in in, in Australian shipyards uh, order books? Yes.
2: You know, again, the the guys in Perth have just knocked out this, they're, they're, which they're making a lot of mileage out of, rightfully so, a thing called White Rabbit Charlie. I don't know whether yeah. you've seen it. It's
0: well, a I remember White Rabbit. We, yeah, yeah, yeah. We spoke with Mark, you know, uh, we spoke with Mark Stoward. From uh, Agriyuts.
2: Okay. Yep, yep. Yeah, we'll see. Yeah, that that is sort of sort of a, a you know a, a tip of the iceberg with a lot of the other orders that are coming in. Um, but from what I can see and from what I'm hearing with, with with meeting these guys is they see more in services and repairs, repair, maintenance and services, mm-hmm. and they're putting in enormous investments, whether it's in Fremantle, whether it's in the Gold Coast, whether it's in Brisbane, whether it's in uh, Auckland.
0: After seeing was, White was, Rabbit, why would you want any other sort of boat? <laughs> I mean, she isn't like, it just,
2: just a piece of work? Isn't it? It's she's
0: just what, a beautiful. Eighteen-meter uh, beam, um, stable as whatever. Uh, yep. Speed, fuel economy. I mean, she's, yes. she's the uh, and that, pinnacle and of and that's design.
2: I'm looking at a uh, I'm looking at a boat for a client at the moment. A small boat, only he just wants it to run around in his family. But you know the trimaran concept. Just on fuel efficiency, just on the ability to to, as you say, stability. Uh, you, you just you just can't go past it. Yeah. it, it it's uh, it, it's a They're wonderful things. But that white rabbit is is in particular a
0: just just a just a beautiful piece of work. Mm. Mm-hmm. Stunning.
1: And there was also a change. Uh, am I right in Australia about uh, charging? They've been trying to change the legislation or the regulations involved in particularly foreign boats chartering in the Australian there's a, two, there's a
2: two-fold strategy. From from these meetings that we had earlier in the year, there's a two-fold strategy. One particular chap down there, uh, I forget his name, which he was going to kill me for. But uh, anyway, he has actually found a way through the existing uh, legislation that will allow short-term foreign-flag boats to short-term charter. On top of that, the whole uh, Sibiot Australia organisation, which is a great organisation, is working on uh, long-term legislative uh, change. With now the uh, again, it's a little bit like in Indonesia. Now that the election is over in Australia and there's a, you know there's a, there's a relatively stable government. They feel more confident that they'll be able to get what they need put through at some point. Um, so they're, they're they're attacking it from the, from from two two angles. One is, is a short term way through. There there's some
0: loopholes,
2: some, some loopholes, or certainly some mm-hmm. some way around the. You know, of course, what it's the same in Europe. The main thing is the you know the ability to pay taxation. Mm-hmm. To, to pay your way, you know, and, and you know, again, the local charter, the local charter industry, uh, you know, feel you yeah, feel threatened like, like 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 they do everywhere, where where you know a big boat can come in and, and potentially take something, uh, but you know there's there's a give and take there's, on all of these things. There's a give and take on on, on both sides. Is yep. is is the demand is the demand there? Or is the boat there to be able to service the, 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 the larger boat demands and stuff? So, you know, it's, it's well, we uh, had, I, think, I think it's just a matter of time.
0: We, we had that experience in, uh, in Spain, where they had a matriculation taxation, they called it. Basically um, stopping uh, non-flagged boats picking up charters in Spain. And while they were trying to protect the charter market, the industry as a whole was suffering. Yes, and So they've got rid of exactly it, right. and it hasn't really hurt the charter market, but it's certainly helped everything else, from provisioning, uh, the, service, the provision, services, side yeah. of
2: thing. That's, you know, to make it attractive for these bigger boats to come to our country, uh, you know, is, 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 has to, it has to help the broader economy. Yeah, and, and the economy, yes,
0: it wasn't going up in, in terms of percentages or tens of percentages, it was uh, going up in, in terms of hundreds of percentages. Which, oh, for sure. which meant the government was getting you know uh, 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 more tax money in, and so the government was making it out of it. The industry was growing out of it, and happy, happy, happy all around.
1: Can I can I also point out that they also changed the procedure that I people read. had to do, so there was a lot less red tape or bureaucracy. To you know, you didn't have to send in your documents each time. They made it much more streamlined. to Be able to do it online. So it's now a much simpler, faster process and not the nightmare in particular for the captains coming in who knew that they would have streams of paperwork
0: Spain to go through. Spain is famous for bureaucracy. Well, so is yeah. many and other and countries. I, mean, every,
2: every, you know, I have to say that most, most people in the marine industry, you know, most countries in the marine industry are. It's, 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 it's yeah, something in Indonesia in particular. But oh. that's, that's certainly what I'm working on now in Indonesia is... Very, very similar to the Australian model, uh, and with now uh, Jokowi being endorsed, uh, he's got five years. He is uh, he is adamant that marine and marine tourism is the way forward for Indonesia. Myself and uh, a like-minded group are currently just working on the the, the charter the charterability potential uh, for. Permits and, and licensing of that, and then, you know, it just it just comes down. It just comes down, to, as you say, streamlining the documentation, whilst maintaining a transparency so that so that you know there is there is uh, there is equal equal you know, taxation and uh, and payback to the to the host country,
1: and therefore it's a benefit
0: to all. Everybody wins. There's a Everybody song tool. about that. <laughs> <laughs> Um, Norwegian comedian. Let's go back to that guy. Is is he funny? Um,
2: not much. I, I still, you know, I've only, uh, I've only been given, you know, I've been negotiating with them for, for a while now, and uh, you know, they just gave me the brief. I gave them the, I gave them the plan that I thought would would best uh, cover their needs, and uh, you know, I guess he's going to. we, we meet, I'm meeting him not not this weekend, the following weekend. So we're having we're having a pre a pre trip meeting. Uh, we'll, we'll probably work out. I, you know, I, I guess, like most comedians, he's gonna, he's gonna, he's gonna wing it. And uh, you know, with, with he's, he obviously has, you know, some some sort of some sort of angle that he'll uh, he'll he'll put on it. But uh, we'll we'll see how it goes. Yeah,
0: the majority of comedians tend to be people with depression.
2: <laughs> yes. Yep. Yeah, it's, it's true. It's,
0: it's, a, uh, it's, it's a bizarre yeah, fact.
2: I, I I have to say, I mean. Again, my son. My son is looking at that, at that whole industry, the show business thing. We went to a uh, an open mic in London when we were there, just around the corner from where we were living. My son and myself were the only people in the audience. There was six comedians, you know, doing the open mic, so they made up when when whoever wasn't there, you know, was, was also in the audience. But you know. It, it's a tough business. It's it's a tough, tough business, and uh, you know it's uh, we, uh, we 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 it was it was a very funny night. It was it was it was, I was, a good say, night, was it but,
1: funny? Uh, was it? I mean, if there was uh, no yeah, audience, yeah, some, I I'd almost you, imagine you that's know, almost more difficult to do it to we stand
2: tried, up we, we to them mall. I mean, it, it was. The, the good thing is their humour was honest. We were able to sort of give some honest feedback, but we won't be seeing three of those names in lights. They'll be going back to their day job, whatever it was.
0: Yeah, I think I'd find it more comfortable playing to an empty room.
2: Well, then you have. Well, them, it's, it's, you it's, you have no idea. Were they, <laughs> you know, they were, they were trying, and then some of the, some of some of them, say, so some of them weren't just weren't funny. So they. Uh, but, but, a couple of them were very very good and and then you know everybody's getting ready for the Edinburgh Fringe. You know the Edinburgh oh, yeah. Fringe Festival yeah. is the is the ultimate, where you know in in the in the calendar of in the calendar of uh, of of British or UK UK comedy, you know that's that's where you're headed.
0: That's the and big you, one. You
2: make there, you get through there and and you know hopefully hopefully you, you, your talent agent picks you up and and takes you on.
0: Yeah, I think anybody who's, who's done a best man uh thing knows how <laughs> bloody awful it is to stand up there and yeah. try to make something i had better luck at my dad's funeral than i did as a best man
1: uh, <laughs> he, well ironically enough he did actually start with a joke because my father-in-law laurel loved jokes and right. he was you know famous for he he'd always like find a new joke and share it with dave yeah. and that was one of their you know every week oh let me tell you one i've just found
0: right. So they right, right. stood
1: up for his it, eulogy and started was, with
0: a joke and everyone was like is he actually telling a joke at a funeral <laughs> it was purely out of nervousness because the night before you got three days between somebody dying and you got to bury them and there's rarely any notice you know you, they don't phone up a month beforehand and oh, say for sure. You know, for sure unless it's a, a long term where, thing
2: where was the, where was the funeral this, actually being
0: held this is in Dublin in Ireland
2: so, in Dublin.
0: Yeah, so my, my dad dies. I fly over for it. And, of course, when somebody dies in your family, everyone thinks that you you need to be constantly drunk. and so yeah, yeah, you, yeah. You
1: know, Or have gobs of tea. So I mean, they have five-litre kettles of catering. tea that come out for... Catering. They, they just come uh, out yeah, for yeah. funerals. So, like,
0: at seven in the morning, people are handing you brandies. And they're yeah, handing yeah, yeah, yeah. you pints of Guinness. So... And then it got to midnight, the night before the funeral. And I'm sitting there and I think, come on, I say, oh, crap. I've got to do a eulogy tomorrow.
1: Uh, can I also ask that you don't realize how much has to be organized because you have to think yeah. in the Irish tradition of Catholic masses, you've got to figure out.
0: Phoning people.
1: And, and the music that's going to music, be played. And, priests, you know, what what ceremony. sermons are going to be given and what scriptures uh, and Dave, are going to that be that read. that fall all, all to you, Dave are you you, Uh, the eldest are you
2: the oldest
0: no No, my sister's the eldest (laughs) and she she kind of she did most of the bulwark I have to hand it to her she did a great job Um, and so by the time I flew over I did what I could Uh, but you know there's a lot of stuff goes on and then midnight on the night beforehand of course everybody's over in the house you're having a load of drinks. People are giving you Guinnesses. They're giving you brandies. They're giving you brandies in Guinnesses. They're giving you Guinnesses <laughs> in brandies. I mean, they're, they're working hard to get you drunk here. Uh, and then about midnight, um, I, I looked at my sister. I was like, oh, crap. I have to do a eulogy for that. I haven't even thought about that. And uh, my mum had popped her clogs about six months beforehand. And my sister said, don't worry. The eulogy I did for mum." covers them both what i'll do is i'll just get up before you i'll remind everybody of what i said then you get up say thank you for being here and we're done nothing big just short and sweet i was okay that's great and so we get to the church packed full church popular guy and uh, the priest calls us up you know, to, to come up and say a few things and my sister gets up she stands up she's in front of me and she's got this roll of paper in her hand. It's about 20 pages long. And I, I was like, right. And I tipped her just pretty, I, said, I, I, I thought I was whispering, but apparently it was a little bit louder than I thought. I so what was that? She just, oh. "I got up at about eight o'clock or seven o'clock this morning because I didn't want to get up here without writing something down. And I think my words were something like effing B, something I, I, I can't remember the exact exactly. term I used. So um, we got up in the altar, she did her bit, and then I, I was invited to stand there in front of everybody, and I hadn't a thing, I hadn't an idea of what to say. And I thought, shit, and just, I, without even thinking, out of my mouth starts a joke. I started telling a joke about a guy in a parachute. And, uh, and the priest looked over at me, people were telling me that, you know, the priest was kind of, the kids <laughs> lost it, you know, he's, he's He's lost it. <laughs> and he, he started kind of standing up to come and lead me away. And, you know, you need help here. You're telling a joke at your dad's funeral. And so I, I told the joke. And then I s- saved myself by slotting in that, that was the last joke I shared with my dad. and right. then it Which was. was ask, like, no, it wasn't a dry No, no. It wasn't a dry uh, it wasn't because the last joke I shared with my dad was a bit naughty.
1: Oh. <laughs> so
0: I couldn't do that, so I did lie on the altar.
1: <coughs>
0: and then um, I followed that up with um, a, a funny story that happened to him about eating a duck, and then I finished off with uh, another his generosity.: Another funny story about his generosity. So basically had a little comedy thing going on there, and uh, got away with it.
1: Well, because in some yeah. ways, those were the three most memorable things about Tom.
0: Where, oh, you know yeah, His yeah. love of but jokes, they, his funny and it stories. comes and, the heart.
2: Heart and it's, it, it, it's, it's relatable. That's, that's, that's all you need. It,
0: it came from that place in your gut when you're really scared and you're standing up in front of people <laughs> and you don't know what the hell to say. <laughs> I don't know what you call that place. It was like the dark side of hell right there.
1: <laughs> However, fortunately, it turned out very well and even the yeah, priest yeah. smiled. Yeah. <laughs> so. Yes.
0: Yeah. I think he even he even congratulated me afterwards. So, that was the most enlightening eulogy. Well done. Okay. <laughs> Where's that brandy? <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah, exactly. Exactly. Did you did you uh, did you need to stay in in Ireland for long after that or no. did you did, you, did um, you that was that was your that was your sign off?
1: It, it's probably a Pretty good much. week at least. Do you know, because right. the time you you have the funeral, and then there's the mm-hmm. time after, and you need a bit of time with family and
0: I did, I did have to come back to help my sister go through my parents' stuff, but um i I you know, I was quite happy. i'm I'm not a possession person. I don't really want anything.. Um, sure, so sure. that was actually the most difficult thing. is when you say to your other family member, "I actually don't want anything, but but you have to have something i don't want anything but we'll, we'll take this then but i don't want that and mm. so what we ended up with i i took a few bits and pieces just mainly to make my sister happy um right yeah, I, I this, yeah. That, and, yeah. and then when um, she was shipping the stuff over to us she stuffed in loads more things into boxes Things that i just don't want <laughs>
1: we still have a box downstairs yeah. in the in the basement yeah. that he still hasn't gone through But
0: because yeah, normally when somebody dies there's always this land grab of you know, yes. oh that's mine no you got more than me where I was completely opposite it was like no you can have whatever you want love no, I, I don't want it and found that very difficult to uh, sure. to go with no, no. bizarre for sure, for sure. Um, but yeah it was uh, they, they were in the 90s Jimmy so you know what I, what I found funny about my mum? She died when she was 93. The amount of people who come up to you at a funeral of somebody who's 93 and actually ask you what she died of. <laughs> She's bloody 93. Yeah. What do you expect? Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah.
0: Oh, what, yeah. what, what took her What took her in the end? Old age. Yeah.
2: yeah no, she, she'd had enough. She'd had enough. 93 months. So. Anyway.
1: Anyway, I, I take it. How did we get onto on that? I, I was going <laughs> to say, moving back to Asia. I don't know. Do we cover? I think we were funerals talki- in Bali. We we're talking
0: about comedians. <laughs> comedians, that's yeah. right. That's right. And
2: that, that your your comedic your comedic skills. Oh uh, yes. Uh,
0: you can sign I, me up I if there's a say- Balinese club that you want me to do some night. Just let me know.
2: Uh, well, I got to tell you, you know, we we, we're gonna, we keep talking about this. You guys are going to have to get out and visit us. So when when uh, well, are you gonna are you are you at Monaco? Am I going to see you at Monica?
1: You sure are, sir. We are indeed. We will be uh, okay. going well, around we'll do doing this, interviews. Will we,
2: will we do will we do something live in Monica?
1: Yes. That would be very fun. Are you going to be over for the whole show? Yes. And are you? Can I ask? Are you going over as Asia Pacific super yachts, Indonesia, or which hat are you going to be wearing for
2: Indonesia and uh, and my own, you know, my own brand, which is my own consultancy company. Um, So, so yeah, but but predominantly for Asia Pacific super yachts, Indonesia, and I've got a friend who's got a villa just out on the other side of Nice. So I'm going to go up and spend some time with him, and uh, and yeah, we. Of all things, I, my wife's a fashion designer, so Milan Fashion Week is the week before, so we're going to go in. She's a devout Catholic, so after the show, we're going to go to the to Rome because it's always been her dream to have an audience with the Pope. So we're going to try and say good day to him. And uh, and so it's there's there's a few there's a few goals
0: to kick. So, so just let me wrap that up. So there's Monaco yacht show, Milan fashion week, and having tea with the Pope.
2: That's the, <laughs> that's, that's the plan. And,
0: and and somewhere you're going to squeeze us in.
2: Uh, well, that, well, that's the thing. Well then then yeah you know, then, then we'll have a few stories. By well then, we'll have a few stories.
0: I'm looking forward to that.
1: Can I ask though? Because it's it's certainly not your first time going to Monaco. For you, when you go to Monaco, um, what's your focus or how does it work or is it just bumping into people?
2: No, it is going to be my first time.
1: Ah, okay, cool. I normally
2: normally, uh, don't do these things. I normally have uh, other folk in in our organisation that will do the representations. Believe it or not, I'm actually rather a shy and reserved chap.
0: You could tell. Um, uh,
2: Uh, but yeah, the the way we've sort of restructured the companies and stuff like that uh, this year in particular, I've had to be the uh, out there and about there, which kind of is where where we actually started off. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, if if you had been talking to me probably a year ago, I would have referred you to somebody else. Uh, but it, it's it, the the way we've restructured it. I'm the last man standing. That, do, do you think uh,
0: we were think instrumental in breaking that shell? <laughs> <laughs> I like to think so. I'm gonna, I'm gonna claim that anyway.
2: But it, well, I have to say, you were the, you were the first guys that I started, that I started, you know, the, uh, the spreading, spreading the worldwide, the worldwide uh, news of Asia Pacific. Uh, that's Indonesia. going
0: on our website, Jimmy. That's going on our website.
1: <laughs> so, um, but going to the show, it's, it's to kind of bring an awareness about what's going on in. The yeah, supion industry it, can, in Indonesia to make um, contacts. By and, to large, meet.
2: by and large, the way the industry is going is there are key associations. Uh, we have we have we we're involved with three of them. Uh, one of them being uh, supiot Australia, uh, Asia, uh, uh Australia Great Barrier Reef Group, which are very very useful for us. Uh, 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 Asia Pacific Yacht Association, which is exactly what it what it what it says it is. Um, and, uh, there's AYSS, and there's AYWS, and there's the the American group that I'm just joining now. AYSS. AYSS.
1: AYSS.
0: AYSS.
2: Yeah, that's a, that's that's a that's a Southern Hemisphere sort of is sort of ISS in America. Yes, that's the one. Oh, yeah. I'm joining them. I'm joining them in the next month, uh, and we'll be in Fort Lauderdale to, uh, to to think. But it's 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 all networking. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know, it's uh, it's not so much. You don't meet that many captains. You certainly don't meet that many owners. Having said that, for Monaco in particular, one of the owners of a, one of our very regular clients uh, is has invited me as his guest for a few of the functions. So I never, I'll never sort of say no to that sort of thing, um, but it is it's it's purely a networking thing. To uh, as I say, you don't do you do you pick up direct boat business from it? No. Uh, do you keep your name in front of people who will be talking to other owners who will be talking to them? Mm-hmm. Yes. You, that that's that that's kind of key. It's uh, that's why I, 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 I not struggle with it, but the the overlap between operations and doing and doing the job for the captain and for the owners which is ultimately where the business gets grown from is one thing but staying current within the the industry networks is 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 not equally as important but certainly something that you can't neglect to be to be sort of left you know if 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 XYZ competitor is out there, and oh, you've got to use this guy. It, 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 it's 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 all of that that, that you've got to you got to stay current.
1: Yeah, and I think that's one of the very pertinent facts of our industry um, is developing those relationships and meeting yes. those people. And it may not be direct business, but <coughs> it's where it leads other business too. Is through those relationships exactly.
2: That's exactly it and you know from my point of view certainly in Indonesia because I've been there for 25 years You know, we're talking about Chinese investment for instance, you know, whether it's Chinese investment I also put myself out there now in the tourism business across the board Uh, because I've been involved with Amman resorts for so many years and managing their boats and, and work for them for 11 years if there's a resort development potential feasibility going on, I throw my hand in the ring there to say, look, you know, I, I can help you with the logistics. I can look at, look at the way you want to structure the airplanes getting in, the boats getting to thing, what activities to do once you're there. And certainly from a site analysis point of view, without pissing in my own pocket, I've got quite an extensive uh, portfolio of understanding what works and what doesn't work in in the context of indonesia which is itself a very difficult place to do
0: business pissing, um, pissing oh. in your own pocket i've never heard that one before
1: i don't know <laughs> what Am we I in say in ireland
0: huh?
1: without what do we say <laughs> in ireland say we, we oh say yeah yeah yeah. i've just never without, heard that one. without trumping my own horn that's what yeah, we say at home that's
0: it. is that, that's it. Is that yeah. the
1: same thing same thing blowing your own horn which also has its own <laughs> connotations actually <so. laughs>
0: what kind of school did you go to <laughs> oh,
1: well it is lovely to catch up with you Jimmy we are uh, fast approaching the news in the oh, next no,
0: minute not, or two not end of Jimmy time is it, it
1: I've
2: got it, to tell you that, 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 time, that time I just lose that time I don't know it's, it's, I can't wait to see you guys in Monaco
0: yeah, looking and, uh, forward to that, Jimmy. Let's
2: do a let's, let's do a live. Uh, let's do a, life. Let's it, do a life.
0: Is is this going to be? We're going to see each other from a distance, run, open arms, big hug, or is sure. it going to be more kind of cool, soldier up, and fist bump? How do you want to play no, that no, one? No, 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 big
2: hugs. I'm, big I'm, hug. I'm a big hugger. Okay, us I'm two, a big
0: us hugger. two. I specialize. I mean,
2: it's actually, a bit disconcerting for. It's actually I I, I sometimes have to pull myself back because I realized that sometimes when I do meet people and sort of, you know, go in for, for, for a closer than public normal public space <laughs> sort of hug that they go, whoa, who's this guy? What's this guy about? Yeah.
0: So you, I do but you know what I noticed? And his wife's having, a designer, so that's, having, that makes you worry.
1: Having lived in France, you know, you get so used to greeting people with a double kiss on the cheek. So I'd go yeah. home to yeah. Ireland and, of course, I'd always greet people with a double kiss on the cheek. And um, In Ireland, we we don't well, we certainly didn't tend to do that. But you know, after a while, people expect it, and then they you know they kind of come into for it. Yeah, yeah, so
0: uh, you know what I found, Jimmy, is the best defense when your daughter brings home a guy that you don't like. Best thing to do is give him a really long, inappropriately long hug. <laughs> and after about four or five minutes, he's thinking, I can't, I can't get out of here quick enough. <laughs> This exactly. gu- this girl's dad.
2: You speaking from direct experience? Oh now,
0: yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, like I, I'm going for five <laughs> minutes, and the kids like screaming, "I'll be out, like, out of here!" I'm wow, out of here. Wow, you're so muscly, and you just freak them out. They never come back. That's how I do it, Jimmy.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
0: Captain Jimmy well, Blee. Uh,
2: I got to tell you, as always, it was a great pleasure. Um, if anything comes up, I, I think we covered most things from a, from a geopolitical point of view. But if anything comes up, uh, I'll, I'll drop you the line, and we'll uh, we'll, we'll we'll do news flashes or uh, or, or anything that that, that make-
0: Jimmy, Super- we, we could have you on every day, my friend. You don't hesitate. <laughs> yeah, I
1: have to say, when I'm posting up the interview, I never know quite what we're going to hit, so I have to make it a little bit general. 'Cause I never know stay where on. we're gonna go. It's well, always great. We stay to catch on up with
0: track. Him. We stay on track. However, from
1: we're about unirals. to hit the news. So uh, right, Captain Jimmy Blee. Okay. Talk to you talk to you soon. We'll talk, talk to, to, to you, you soon. soon.
0: And uh, thanks, Jimmy. Thanks for your time. As always. Take care, my friend. You've been listening to Captain Jimmy Blee, our man down in Southeast Asia, Australia, Pacific. And of everywhere. course Indonesia. And uh here's oh, the news. Gotta get to the news.